The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The world we live in has become a crazy place. Poverty is at an all-time high in the wealthiest nation on earth. We keep calling on government to save us with new programs. And we now have more people using food stamps than any time in our history. Keep seeking the answer to poverty through government, and the problem will continue to get worse. The answer to poverty is in our homes, churches, and communities, not in Washington or any state's capital. The long-term success of our country will come through our children if we teach them perseverance, humility, honor, character, hope, and love. And love will lead to action. This is The Mickey Allison Show. How we raise our children today will be our legacy for good or evil. Let's change the world. Now, here is Mickey Ellison. Welcome to The Mickey Ellison Show. My name is Mickey Ellison, and uh, with us today is Dr. Keith Smith. Um, before we get into... Uh, to the topic of the day with Dr. Keith Smith, I want to uh, to remind those of you that are listening to this show, um, tomorrow night we will be in Williamston, South Carolina. That's the 29th of, of, of January. That's in the middle of nowhere with this new concept called Complete Fitness. And it, it, is, a, it is centered a little bit around uh, finance and, and physical fitness, but most importantly, it's centered around the cross that's on our logo. We hope you will show up with and, and – and, and visit us, find out more about Complete Fitness at completefitness1.com. Um, you can also uh, get my new book. It's called The Road to Complete Fitness, and you can find that at mickeyallison.com. And on the right-hand side, you can click the button that says uh, uh, buy the book. I tried to make it as simple as possible because that's what I need when we're dealing with technology. But today, I think, is a special day. Uh, and what I've tried to do over the last six to eight months is this show started to to grow some legs and, and actually have a direction is to point out people that are making a difference in the world. And, and, and in huge ways, some, some people are doing huge ways. Others are doing it in small ways and they're a little part of a little part of the world. And for those of you that have been with us for almost a year, Dr. Keith Smith from one of the founders of the surgery center of Oklahoma came on on March 5th of last year. If you want to go back and listen to that, it's on my website and um, I found Dr. Smith. I didn't even know he existed. He was about th- two and a half hours down the road, and I'm listening to the to Sirius XM on, one morning. And Mike Slater, who has been was one of the first guests on the show as well, um, was talking to this guy about free market healthcare and why why healthcare is so expensive. And it just I, I was enthralled with with the. Uh, the conversation, and I got this wild hair that I would try to email Dr. Smith and see if he would come on the show, and he put his reputation on the line coming on with a guy that is doing, is doing his third show ever. And um, But anyway, Dr. Smith is, has, 
it, it just opened my eyes. I had lots of questions, and I'm going to ask him to answer one of these questions here in a second because these are things as a financial planner, which is what I have done for the last few years, and the longer I do it, the more messed up I see that our system is. Um, when, when I watch CNBC, which I can't hardly bring myself to do, I did watch Fox Business not too long ago because Dr. Smith was on the show with, with Stuart Varney, I think is his name, and those types of things. I, I Every time I watch television and look at the economics of stuff, and, and I, I hear we inflation is a good thing. Um, I hear how the economy is going to tumble because I'm now paying $1.65 for gas yesterday when I was paying $4 before. And then we have a situation where in 2008, the entire, the entire economic system is about to collapse because the credit lines or the credit system that we have out there has seized up. So our economy is dependent on me getting in more debt for it to go forward, I need the prices of the stuff that I buy to go up for this blob of an economy to work well, and it needs to cost me two to three times more to get from point A to point B for this economy to grow. And then the other one was was healthcare. Now I started questioning things years ago on, on healthcare. That yeah, Dr. Smith. I'm actually going to bring Dr. Smith in because Dr. Smith is the is one of the founders of the Surgery Center of Oklahoma. I'm going to let him explain more of what they do do down there. But I want him to, to if you don't mind, Dr. Smith. Uh, by the way, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And one of the things that I I, I began to to question, Dr. Smith. This was before I even knew you existed. Uh, I, I actually did know a Dr. Smith because that was our, our hometown doctor in my small town of Williamson, South Carolina growing up, but uh, it wasn't you. And uh, but, but I started looking at, at, at insurance, and to me, I saw the cost of, of, of medical services just rising astronomically, but yet no one was focusing on the cost of the actual care, what they were focusing on was the insurance when I'm one of these guys that wants to look back at the original sin, and I'm not calling insurance in and of itself a sin, but if we get to the point, Dr. Smith, of where we're so focused on the cost of our insurance versus the cost of our health care, we no longer pay attention to the cost of the health care. And I started to believe that was part of the reason that healthcare is going up so much, Dr. Smith, that we're buying insurance and not paying attention to the cost of the actual care. Is, am I on to something there? Or am I just out of my mind? Well, it's a very, very long and complicated story that that parallels the very long and complicated and numerous intrusions of the government uh, in healthcare, and it's. It's real easy to take your eye off the ball, but ultimately uh, the fault for the mess that we have in healthcare rests squarely on the shoulders of the federal government and uh, the crony pals of theirs who have um, who basically bribed their way into positions where they can fleece the American people. So um, that that's the short story of why we are where we are. The thing that is flabbergasting, uh, they, they, they just I don't understand, is how um, anyone could believe that more government is the answer or, or giving oversight to the people who 
who have created this mess and give them more power and oversight, the idea that that is some sort of remedy um, is is bizarre, frankly. I mean, it's, it's kind of Orwellian in a way. When the real answer is, is freedom. The real answer is the free market. The real answer is to allow people to do what they naturally want to do in the first place and exchange and trade with others for what what is you know considered a mutually beneficial exchange. And healthcare is no different. That that people think it is 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 a huge error and mistake. And I think what we're doing at our surgery center and what others who are copying us all over the country are doing and embracing the same free market principles that every other industry has to endure, I think the results speak for themselves. Uh, and it, it's, it's become very clear that, that the free market is, is not only the, the right way to allocate resources in the best way, it's the only moral way and the only ethical way to do it. And I think we're showing that that's the case in healthcare, uh, much to the chagrin of the folks who, you know, who are relying on the government, basically to have their back and line their pockets. Well, I think that some of that goes back to even our education system, where we're now we're being taught to look to government as as almost. I mean, for lack of a better word, almost like a God figure that uh, when we go to that source for for the answers, when most of the time that source is, is the problem, you know, looking at looking at healthcare costs and, and looking at inflation, and I, I do want to try to tie this as as simply as I can to what we're doing with Complete Fitness, and I know that you're not familiar with what we're what we're doing with Complete Fitness, and I can share that with you some other time. But, you know, one of the things that, that I have felt for quite some time is that God was calling me to do something a little bit different than just a regular financial planner. I was the guy, Dr. Smith, that when I first got into this industry, I was actually told by my mentor in the industry that I was a pain in the rear because every time that they would teach me something, I wouldn't just go with it. I would want to know why. It was a, it was a genuine question. Well, why are we doing that? Um, cause that to make sense to me because for me to be able to go out and tell somebody, I've got to believe that, that it is right. And one of the things that, get, that really gave me pause one time is I, I asked my mentor on, on a radio show, and we're going to get to, to healthcare as we go because that's why I asked you to come on. But I ask a simple question, and I know, I know you're familiar with, with Austrian economics, and we, let's just call it common sense economics because most people – don't even know that mostly what they've been taught in, in school in economics is, is Keynesian economics, which is why we might be looking to government to be able to help us out of all these situations. But I ask a simple question, Dr. Smith, on, on, a, on a radio show, and, and it was a genuine question. I had heard for, for years and years and years what, that a inf, little inflation is a good thing. Our industry itself just focuses on inflation as being – is just being natural, and the more I began to look into it, I, the more I'm going. I'm not sure this is just natural that the prices just automatically go up every year, or, or it shouldn't be natural. Because I look back in history, I even went back to to look at the the cost of college, and I was able to find the University of Pennsylvania, and for almost a hundred years, the price at the University of Pennsylvania changed hardly, almost nothing, none at all. And then somewhere around the time that the Perkins Law came out, I think that's the one it was, when the government got involved, you slowly started seeing that price move, and it sped up, and it sped up, and it sped up, until we got over the last six years when we've gone through one of the, the deepest recessions in, in, since the Great, Great Depression, where the cost of college continued to rise even though 
everything else was starting to even out or, or people were making half as much as they were. And now the price of college has almost doubled. And, and I'm looking at that going, that doesn't make any sense, except they have dollars that are free, easy money that's, that's enslaving our children in debt. And when I asked this person, um, Dr. Smith, I, said, I just simply said, he, he says, a little inflation is a good thing. And I immediately, without thinking on a radio show, said, when we get back from this break, I want to know why. And what I found out is that, that that person really didn't know the answer. And I had to go back and study it. And, and basically, um, for this debt-ridden economy that we have to operate, we have to have inflation so we will continually borrow more money. And, and that's one of the lessons we're going to talk about as we work toward people getting out of debt. But let's, now, let, let's go back to, to health care because health care is why you're, why you're here. And your, your experience, you guys started the, the Surgery Center of Oklahoma, uh, what, was it in, in the late 90s? Is that right? Yes, we opened in uh, May of 1997. And you managed to be in business for, let's see, I moved out here in 99, and I didn't even know you existed until I think somewhere around the, the winter of 2014, maybe it was. And so, let, I, I, you know, before we get to a break, go through a little bit of the history of why you guys started what you started and, and what you hope people will learn. And finally, you're starting to get some attention from, from Fox Business and, and some of these other places. But, uh, you know, John Stossel, actually, I think you've been on his show a couple of times. So tell me a little bit about the, the history of the Surgery Center of Oklahoma and, and why it is that you guys can do – a surgery for about a tenth of the price of anybody else. Yeah, uh, my buddy Steve Lontag and I are both the anesthesiologists, and we've been working in the big hospitals. And when the when the managed care sort of Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton crunch hit, the the hospitals reacted by um, reducing the revenue that went to towards patient care uh, in an effort to shore up or increase their profits. They, they also became very abusive and bullying uh, to the physicians that were on the hospital staff. And at the same time, we saw the charges that came from the hospitals toward the patients and the payers skyrocket. So we thought, okay, the quality is falling. They're being awful to us and the charges are going up, this is not, this isn't right. It's not stable. It's not sustainable. And we just decided we could complain about it or we could do something about it. And we didn't sign up for practicing medicine that way. So we bought an old burnout surgery center that's been mismanaged by a large national corporation. And we, we opened with the idea that we would be honest and fair about our pricing and that we would never take any money from the government. And those were our two two real operating principles we started with. We decided that we could deliver uh, the highest quality care, the kind of care we would want rendered to us if we were patients, and we thought we could do it at a fair price. And we were shocked to find early on that just what you said earlier, that at one-tenth of what 
these so-called not-for-profit hospitals were charging patients. We were profitable. So that that is how we got started, and it's just been um, it's been a very gratifying experience, not just for us, but for me personally, to watch others all over the United States copy our model now. Uh, and uh, there are other places that are doing this. What, uh, where are some other places that, that are following following what you guys are doing? And um, what are some of the obstacles that, that you're running into? Because I got a sneaky feeling that some of the uh, the insurance companies and, and, and even some people who are, are well-intentioned, they, they don't understand. They hear free market, and what they think they – what they think free market is and what it really is is t- really two different things. They, you know, I, they, they look at the businessman as being you – know, when I think of inflation, that, well, those greedy businessmen are just raising the price on the stuff that we're buying each and every day so they can make more profit when in reality the businessmen aren't given much of a choice but to raise their prices because um, of government intervention. And um, you know, it, it is, it, it's one of those things where – We've got to be able to to think for ourselves, and, and I think that's something that we've lost. Um, Dr. Smith, we are running up on a break right now, and, and when we get back from this break, let, let's talk a little bit about um, the convolution that, that I, I have uh, nicknamed, and maybe I got it from you, and I thought I nicknamed it, that I called the uh, um, the three-headed monster, which is uh, the large health care, the government, and large insurance. And, and tell me how tell, – tell the listeners how – those come together and how a so-called not-for-profit hospital can charge 10 times what you charge to do a surgery for someone and still call themselves not-for-profit. Folks, we'll be back with Dr. Keith Smith at, at, uh, after this break. We hope you'll join us then. See ya. dog barking or an angel singing then you know that you're listening to waking up in america heard every wednesday at three pacific time valerie kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential adventure is always a must on waking up in america with valerie kirkard every wednesday at three pacific in the spirit of have couch will travel dr carol lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Tired of lackluster results with your marketing? Craving more leads in your business? Tune in to the Mojo Marketing Edge with the team behind Mojo Global Marketing, Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez. Winners of the Marketer of the Year, they will show you how to generate daily leads, build databases of raving fans, and close deals faster than ever before. See what's hot right now and how you can tap into it to generate an endless supply of customers and clients. The Mojo Marketing Edge can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are tuned to the Mickey Ellison Show. 
To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can drop Mickey an email to mickey at mickeyellison.com. Like our show on Facebook. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Mickey Ellison Show. I am Mickey Ellison, and with me is uh, today is Dr. Keith Smith, who is one of the founders of the Surgery Center of Oklahoma. And I, I found Dr. Smith, as I said on the other other segment. If you're just tuning in now, I, I found I, I found out about him on a radio show one Sunday morning called the Mike Slater Show. And um, you know, I, I decided that I would try to contact Dr. Smith, and and, and he graciously responded invited me down to actually see the facility and you know I was I was just just blown away with with how we're attacking the problem with national health care when the actual we're going we're as a country with healthcare are trying to go the wrong direction, the exact opposite direction of what is actually going to bring those prices down. And before we went to the break, I, I mentioned something that that I call the, the three headed monster. Uh the the the, the uh Maybe I should call it the um, unholy trinity of of government, big insurance, and big big medical. And Dr. Smith, can you can you help explain how those three are tied together, and and also um, how it is that a so-called not-for-profit hospital charges ten times in some cases to do a surgery as what you charge? Well, of course, not-for-profit just means don't pay tax. That's all that means. And so the, the hospitals maintain their accounting fiction by, by charging $100 for an aspirin, for instance, um, the vast majority of which they have no intention of collecting. And then when the insurance company pays them $5 for the aspirin that you could buy uh, at the drugstore for one hundredth of that, you could probably buy probably buy a whole a hundred aspirin for five dollars if you or <laughs> yeah. more. Yeah, so especially if you go generic instead of bear. So when the insurance company pays them five dollars, they'll they'll claim they lost ninety five because they charged a hundred for it after all. Mm-hmm. So this is the this is one of the reasons you see these one hundred, one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollar hospital bills. Uh, because they need all that red ink uh, that they can find. They need every bit of it to maintain the fiction of their not-for-profit status. And that's kind of the – that's the tip of the iceberg. So, that's, so part anybody of, list, that's part of the issue. Anybody listening could actually go take one. I, I think it actually comes on, on your uh, your medical bill. Unfortunately, I don't have a whole bunch of those to look at right now. But I, I had seen people's bills before where it would say something similar to that, where the, the cost of the, the care or the, the surgery itself was $100,000. But because of our, our our vanglorious way of negotiating, we at the insurance company were only only had to pay $50,000. And I would always ask, well, where did the other fifty thousand dollars go? What is, what is the point of that? And I, it, you know, my little feeble mind would go, did they write that off? Or are you telling me that's what they do? Well, they don't just write it off. That's not the end of it. This uh, this write off is the basis for what hospitals refer to as uncompensated care. And you'll hear hospitals claim they're rendering millions or tens of millions of dollars worth of care for which they're not compensated. But what they're really doing is using that red ink, as I said before, to maintain their not-for-profit status. 
But the the other thing they're doing is they're they're packaging that up and firing it off to Washington D.C., where they they get a rebate. You know, they get a kickback to the extent that they claim these uncompensated care losses. And it's very complicated, but basically their Medicare payments are padded with these uh, disproportionate share hospital payments. So the bottom line is the extent to which these hospitals claim that they lost money, they actually get a bigger kickback. So they're inclined to report the biggest losses they can. And the way they do that is they rack up their charges as high as they can. So what what does that do to to, to the local my local Dr. Smith in Williamson, South Carolina? And and you know, we're starting to see those those guys are are, are going away. Where you know, I this guy would make a house call. He would actually come to visit visit the, the client. So is that I know there's there's a lot more paperwork and a lot more regulation that, that goes in with that. And do you see that as something that's driving out the actual doctor that, that decided to get in the, the business? You know, they did it to make a good living. We all do our jobs to try to make a good living and feed our family. But you also, I think most of you guys are driven by something else when you initially go to medical school. Yeah, and, and again, we're just touching the surface here that – one of the things that's driving physicians out of private practice and making them quit is it's just government regulation and intrusion in general. Um, I know that the, the federal government doesn't really want to deal with private physicians, and so they're engaging in an all-out attack and war on private physicians uh, in an attempt to, to render them amenable to, a, to an offer from a local hospital system. The hospitals, if they employ all the doctors, uh, that, that becomes much more manageable for the central planners than dealing with individual pay, uh, physicians who are, who are not conflicted, who are, who are just acting in their patient's best interest. Once the physicians become hospital employees, they, they face real dilemmas where they have to either ad, be an advocate for their patient or eventually... Um, do what their boss is telling them to do, whether it's good for the patient or not. You know, make that referral to a surgeon who may not be the best guy for the job, but who also happens to be a hospital employee, that sort of thing. Um, I know that uh, the federal government decided that Medicare was going to pay physicians who work for hospitals more, much more, than it was going to pay physicians in private practice. And the federal government decided that everyone that accepted Medicare money had to have an electronic, very expensive electronic medical record system. All of these efforts are um, are focused on getting private physicians to walk away from their practices and, um, and become hospital employees or quit uh, because if there, you know, there are not a lot of physicians out there. There's, it's easier to balance a health budget. You know, if there's not a lot of care being rendered and lines are forming like in Canada. Yeah, and you talk about the uncompensated care, and um, and when, when I think when I hear those terms, it, it sounds like to me that the hospitals are talking about the the illegal immigrant that came in that they were forced to actually have to help, and they wound up getting paid nothing for that. But you're also talking about the the uncompensated care from from Medicare. So it looks like that the government is only paying, uh, which when we say government, that means you, me, and everybody else listening to this show that actually pays a tax. 
or or your kids later on with, with the money that they've borrowed to, to to pay it. But you're saying that not only are they getting the the money for the Medicare, but they're also getting this rebate on the other side that comes from the government that, frankly, I didn't even know anything about. Yeah, you have, you have to keep in mind that uncompensated care is a revenue item. When it, it sounds crazy, but when hospitals talk about uncompensated care, they will frequently ask ask someone, well, how much revenue do you receive from uncompensated care? And they're talking about that kickback. So yeah, but to, to the novice that hears to the novice that hears that, that sounds like I, you didn't get paid for what you did. That's that's the whole point. I mean, it's it's just a, it's a complete deception. You know, the insurance companies are not they're not out of this either because the insurance companies actually this is completely upside down from what you would think. They want the beneficiaries to go to the highest priced hospitals because they can then reprice these claims and. The way repricing works, it's the other arm of your trinity. You know, you have the federal government, which basically sets this all up. But then the other arm of the of the, of the unholy trinity is the insurance companies, and they're repricing. So, you know, the hospital charges $9,500 for the aspirin, claims they lost 95 Well, the insurance company will claim to, say, an employer group, that, you know, we got this hospital to write this $95 off. You know, we rode in our white horse and muscled that hospital around and made them not charge $100 for that aspirin. We only paid them 5 So we saved you $95. And then, more often than not, the insurance company gets a commission for that savings. So if you think through that, you realize the insurance companies are inclined to seek out the most gigantic bills they can find so that their discount turns into a bigger number. So this, well, that, is, how that... all, this is how all this works, and that's why when we put our prices online, that's devastating to this game. If we say, here's what we do, and here's how much it is, we don't want any kind of kickback from Washington. We're not allowing any big insurance company to reprice or make money off of these claims. So this whole scam kind of goes away. And it also points to the fiction of the, you know, these huge hospitals, all of whom are claiming they're going broke when there's a, there's a crane in front of the, every emergency room you can find building on. And who, yeah. you know, who builds on to their loss leader? And I mean, yeah. no one in business, no one in business does that. So, it's a it's a scam. Um, there's there's not a there's not a failure of the free market in healthcare in the United States. There's almost an absence of it, and that's what we're trying to change. Well, you, you would think that that when you're in good faith when you buy your insurance policy, that the insurance policy would be seeking good care, but they would also be seeking good care at the lowest possible price because ultimately all those prices together is where they come up with what they have to charge us for a premium. And they they can still make a profit. But, man, can you imagine what insurance premiums would be if if they actually shopped the the best and the lowest price? The insurance Well, in fact, the the broker's commission is based on the premium. So the brokerage that sells you your insurance product, they want your premium to be as high as you can tolerate because that's 
that's what their commission is based off. So hey, no I, one, I can... no one in the industry wants affordable, high quality. Everybody that's in the healthcare industry, with the exception of a few players like me, they profit from poor quality because the more complications there are, the more money all these players make. So it's a, well, it's you're a very pretty... bad. It's a very bad setup. But people should not take their eye off the ball. The federal government is, they are the ones that set this up um, with the intrusion of the giant Ponzi scheme called Medicare. That's how this all got started. So this isn't something that uh, is going to get fixed overnight because, you know, in fact, there there's some very powerful players that would just as well see you disappear, I'd imagine. <laughs> and, and 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 those those long, and, you know at the same at the same token when when I'm starting to teach the the inflation deal we we've got this new concept where we're trying we're actually literally helping people to to get out of debt by by asking people to give a dollar a day and we're educating them a little bit on on inflation itself and at the same time we're really teaching what complete fitness means and that that's when when Paul says in, in scripture that to, to die is gain. Because we don't reach complete fitness until we die anyway. But as far as the inflation part is concerned, um, a lot of people will look at these folks that you know. We you'd be amazed at how many people out there talk about how they want to help others, but yet we have a hard time even getting them to give one dollar a day, which they will spend at Quick Trip um, just to buy a Coke or a coffee, or they'll spend eight dollars on a on a coffee at at a. Um, What's the place? Starbucks. I, I can't. I, I can't even imagine eight dollars for coffee. But yet, I'm a simple guy. I don't really understand wine tastings and why people pay fifty dollars for a bottle of something to drink. But um, at, when we're talking about inflation itself, what they don't realize is that that we're driving some of that inflation ourselves. And, and the reason being is, you think take something as simple as as, as buying a home. And I know this is off the target a little bit of, of, of what you're dealing with, but it's all tied together. Um, but if you had 10 guys, you, you, me, and eight other friends go up to buy a house, and we have to pay cash for that house. Well, one of us has more money to buy that house. And if we're willing to pay that money, we can buy it. But then all of a sudden, a new hand comes in here, an 11th guy who has gone and found – a bank that is willing to loan him one hundred twenty thousand dollars for the house that you and I were the highest price was a hundred, and suddenly we've got one hundred twenty thousand dollars in the game that didn't exist in the first place, but that continues to drive that price up. And and frankly, we complain about inflation as individuals, but we help drive it by continually borrowing more money. And I think one of the things that that we're we're doing. With healthcare is we're and if I'm wrong, cut me off on this. But we're helping to drive that because we bought into the game of how much we need insurance. I was blown away when I came down to visit you a couple of years ago, and we were we were talking, we were walking through the surgery center, and and we somehow we got on to the subject of insurance. And I said I said something to the effect, well, well, what would you need insurance for? You know, I pay for my family. I pay seven hundred and fifty nine dollars a a month for for adequate. Um, what I would have called adequate health insurance. But if I took that 700 and some dollars and I saved it every month, I would have more than paid for any health care that I got in the last year. 
And I ask you, I ask you, um, so what would you need that for? Would that be like for, for heart surgery or something like that? And you put it just as plain as you could. Add up all those dollars that you've, I, I think this, add up all the dollars you paid for insurance, and you probably could have paid for that, that uh, the actual cost of that surgery as well. And, and, uh, and, and am I wrong in anything that I'm saying? Cut, cut me off. Re- refocus me where, where we need to go because the the thing that I want folks to to get out of this is one that you exist and I will help I will continue to help people know I've got I'm following you on Facebook I post some of your uh, um, your 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 video blogs out there on, on I'll do that more on the show but I also do it on a complete fitness page but when you talk about the folks in this industry and talk talking about um, how the brokers um, Benefit. I can. You're preaching to the choir on that one, brother. Because I sit here and look at, at certain types of of, uh, of um, life insurance that I'm licensed to sell, and what I I try to teach people is there's something they need to look for, which is the target premium. And as the higher that thing is, the more the person that's selling it to you gets paid. Folks, we are up on a break, and I'm going to let Dr. Smith talk a lot more in, in the last segment of the show. But I, I want him to to tie all three of these together as quickly. I'm asking you to do this in, in about a 15-minute time frame, Dr. Smith. Are you capable? Can you do that? Absolutely. All right. We'll be back with Dr. Smith after this break. See you then. It's time to take a new look at some of life's changing moments. It's time to listen to an expert who has been there and can provide insight through experience, studies, and enlightening guests. Tune in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Host Lindsay Levinson takes a look at relationships, parenting, health and wellness, divorce, depression, sexuality, philanthropy, and mental health. You'll look at everything you know in a different way. Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets, airs Wednesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Dance Talk Radio has come to Voice America. Join host Tracy Marciniak and her celebrity guests every week for a show that takes you inside the world of dance. What's it like working with stars like Katy Perry and Taylor Swift? The experts share their stories and the -the behind-the-scenes secrets. Plus, inside tips to become a better dancer, instructor, or studio owner. Dance on over to the Voice America Variety Channel every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific for Dance Talk Radio. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your teams. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life.
tuned to The Mickey Ellison Show. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can drop Mickey an email to mickey at mickeyellison.com. Like our show on Facebook. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to The Mickey Ellison Show. With me today is Dr. Keith Smith from the Surgery Center of Oklahoma, um, and, and, and I'm going to let him talk more of this segment because I want him to tie all this stuff together as quickly as he can because I've only given him 15 minutes to do so and, 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 and get it to a point where you start asking questions. I will post their, their website on, on the show Facebook page on, on my website and as many places as possible because you will be blown away when you go to an actual healthcare site that shows the real price of what they're charging to actually do the surgery. And um, I, I've never, had never heard of anything like that because that seemed like a, a big major secret that was out there because, you know, frankly, I had insurance. I didn't really need to know how much I was paying for it. So, Dr. Smith, I talked about the – I called it the unholy trinity. Can, can you tie those three together in a simplistic – I know it's complicated, but in a simplistic form – where people will at least begin to start asking questions, and, uh, and hopefully they will be able to find somebody in their area that's doing something similar to what you're doing. Yeah, the, I actually did a video blog called The $100 Aspirin, which you can Google, and if somebody, if this is crossing people's eyes and they need to, need to kind of refresh their memory about how this scam works, it, it, most of it is there. Um, but, the, of course, the federal government gave a tax exemption uh, to to these big hospitals, and and that that really was the start of things. And they they you know then foisted Medicare on all of us, which is a disaster and is bankrupt. And where the the young people who who really can't can't financially shoulder the burden of their own health care are you know, forced through FICA deductions on their paycheck to pay for the mm-hmm. care and retirement of others. It's just not right. So uh-huh. It's a Ponzi scheme by any definition. So, yeah, the federal government, which is the the main head of the Hydra, and then you have, you know, the the typical crony players, you know, the electronic medical records industry, the pharmacy industry, the hospitals, big hospitals, big insurance companies, and they do what, most businesses these days, unfortunately, do. They go to Washington and they bring their checkbooks, and they either directly buy favors or they they purchase um, something that hamstrings their competitors. So, you know, there. So you see, you see fewer and fewer insurance companies, and you see fewer and fewer hospital systems. You see this consolidation where mm-hmm. fewer players have the control. And that's and, that's where the that's where the government really is um, the the whole way that the 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 state the whole way the federal government works. You know, I've joked that a lot of these legislators ought to wear NASCAR uniforms that have their sponsors, <laughs> uh, you know, sewed to them, so we actually know who they're working for. Because they're darn sure not working for us. Most of them. There are some exceptions, but not very many. But it's, well, just, uh, it's a very gross pay-to-play thing. Um, healthcare is a is a mess. I do not defend the current healthcare system in the United States. It's a disaster, and it needs to it needs a healthy dose of competition in the free market. It does not need another 
big drink of government. Government is the source of the problem. Well, and you look at the at the seventy thousand or eighty thousand page monstrosity that is the tax code, and millions and millions of of different laws that are out there. And you know how how can something that that is should be so simple? I, I don't necessarily agree with the income tax, but if we're going to have it, it should be extremely simple. It, everybody pays a certain percent of, of their income, and uh, if you want to do it over a certain amount, that's fine. But get rid of all the deductions. You know, I don't know how many people wind up buying more house than they can actually afford simply because they they get a deduction on the interest that they're paying. Well, you know, should should. The government be driving me to buy a home. I need a home to live in. It doesn't have to be uh, 3,000 or 4,000 square feet, but but it's easy to get caught up in, in all of that. And I'll give you an example of, of something that, that happened personally with my family and I, and you, you can say comment on how you please. But my, my oldest son is 13 now, and when he was a kid, he had horrible – horrible issues with, with sinus infections. I mean, we would we would actually, you know, he would get a sinus infection. I think the boy thought he was supposed to always have a headache, so he didn't complain about it until it got really bad. And then we would put him on an antibiotic. It would clear it up for a while. Then a month later, he'd have a sinus infection again. They'd put him back on the antibiotic, and it kept on and on. And finally, we said, you know, th- this isn't good. There, we need to we need to solve this problem. We don't need to uh, to continually uh, amp up the amount of antibiotic that this that this eight year old kid is having to take because that's how old he was at the time. And you know the first option that they had mentioned was sinus surgery. Now I'm not knocking sinus surgery necessarily, but I'm looking at this going, is there a different way? And I actually met a lady who was a kinesiologist here in, here in Wichita just by chance at, at a at an event. Or actually, it was a a, uh, networking group that I was actually in. And would you believe, Dr. Smith, we were actually able to solve the problem without having any surgery. And because of the help of some of the natural remedies that she actually brought us to, the kid hasn't had a sinus infection in five years. But yet, we were being told by many people in the medical industry that the only way to solve this is to cut on my child. And not even know if that was going to work. So, I mean, is, is that uh, – do you find that there, there's actually some natural remedies out there that people can do for some of the stuff? But but more importantly, um, you know, it, it really started to jade me when I, when I, I saw that. And I also saw uh, another phys, uh, physician that he had, he had some knee issues because he's an athlete. And their first, the first thing he said is, we need to give the kid a cortisone shot. And a twelve-year-old with a cortisone shot? Am I off base on this, Doctor Smith? Oh, and unfortunately, there's no way to know because the market is so thwarted in every arena of healthcare. There's no way to know what therapies or treatments uh, actually work. Uh, there, who knows how many drugs or therapies or treatments have been thwarted uh, because the because the FDA was involved in some you know some pharmaceutical company didn't want competition. The, these kinds of things to, to think that this kind of stuff doesn't go on, people have to have their head in the sand and be very naive. So the sad part, you know, it's like 
it's Frederick Bossiot's, you know, what is not seen. We don't really have any way of knowing because the market is so thwarted and blunted in healthcare. We don't, we don't really have any way to envision what could have come about had the government not, not gotten involved and kept, kept maybe very, uh, lots of wonderful things from happening. Right, it's the it's the broken window theory as well. I think is is it Bastiat or I don't remember who who came up with that one. But you know, it's the idea that you hear it all the time on on some of these uh, uh, these television shows. How a natural disaster is an economic um, whatever it's an economic boom for who? You know, because uh, yeah, for the builders and folks that have to come in there. But that same money that had to be spent to buy insurance premiums, because a lot of times the insurance companies are paying, what we're, we don't, you're right, we don't see where that money may have actually gone that might have been better used than, than because of, of government's intervention or because of this, this grand idea that, uh, um, that these natural disasters can be a good thing for the economy. And on so. the positive note, I like to think about what, people do with the money they save when they come to our place. You know, what do they uh-huh. do with the 20000 that wasn't ripped off from them by the big not-for-profit hospital? Do they, do they buy a safer, more reliable car? Do they buy their children clothes they need? And, you know, that, on the positive note, we, we, we know that huge sums, uh, many times $20,000, dollars $40,000 just for one procedure, and we know these kind of sums are being saved because we've seen what the hospitals charge for the same thing we do at our place. And that's the good news is that is that people are saving a lot of money, and it's great for their pocketbook. It's not good for the cronies in the healthcare industry, but it's great yeah. for these individuals. And that's the, that's the really good news. And the other good news is people don't have to come to our facility to take advantage of our pricing. They can... They can use that pricing to leverage some deal in their hometown. It's a very credible threat now for a patient to say, I'm going to get on an airplane and fly to Oklahoma City because you all are trying to rip me off. That Those patients that do that are having a lot of success. And, and you know, that's interesting because I don't think that most of us realize that, that we could have – well, if you've got one big centralized system, then, then there is no competition for, for folks to be able to have that conversation. And you're right. It's easy, and I do a bad, sometimes do a job of this, of focusing on the negative, but the positive is you're there. And more, there's becoming more and more of you that, that are popping up around the country. You know, I, I know that uh, um, there's a couple of physicians here in town that, uh, that have – not necessarily the model that you have, but but they they basically set up a, a system as almost a pay as you go, um, uh, family physician type type place, and uh, it, it's it's really something that's interesting that that um, you know I can't do justice in a in a one hour radio show and telling folks about you, but uh, you know if you don't mind that that one uh, the the hundred dollar aspirin, would you email that? that link to it and I'll put that up um, I'll put that up as soon as possible so folks can can get an idea because you're you're right it, it, that it is so complicated for for people to understand you can't even wrap your head around it because a, a natural person as we talked earlier would think that the insurance company that they're paying all these premiums to would be seeking the best and and, and most efficiently priced uh, product out there when in fact they're doing the exact opposite 
that's exactly exactly right. It, it just doesn't make any sense. It's uh, we're we're so conditioned, um, and I even find myself falling prey to the to the language and the propaganda of the old ways. Sometimes I have to really be on my guard, and and I think I've got as good a feel for what a mess it is as anyone. It's it's very difficult, um, I think, for people to see this because it's intentionally veiled. Uh, it's a, it's not not for anyone to understand that the guys that are benefiting from all of this price opacity, um, they they don't want anybody to get this scam. Well, and it's gotten so convoluted that when we start to talk about it, it almost sounds conspiracy theorist type stuff, and it's real. And, and, but uh, hey, we've got a couple minutes left in the in the show, so. Um, what information do you want to get out in, in the last couple of minutes that, that we haven't hit on? Um, I think just what I said before that you know, I mean, if patients, if patients look at our website and look us over, they'll see they'll see the obvious quality and the just state of the art, first class sort of facility we have. The physicians and the training that they have, the, the doctors who work there, it's very apparent. It's very obvious. Um, and they shouldn't fall prey to the idea that you get what you pay for. That's true in a normal market. Uh, it is not true in healthcare. If anything, uh, it's it's inverse. The less you pay, in all likelihood, the higher the quality because the lower prices are indicative of some competitive activity rather than a monopolized sort of cartel uh, where you yeah. find the higher pricing. So people people can look at that if they feel like they have a procedure um, that they need that they didn't think they could afford. They may they may discover otherwise after they look at our pricing. But before they travel to Oklahoma City, they really ought to throw this down in front of their their physician or their local hospital and say, you know, I, I would rather have my surgery here in my hometown, but, you know, for the amount of money I would save, I'm, I'm really having to give some consideration to going there. And this this is going on all over the United States uh, right now. People are leveraging their local hospitals with our pricing, and it, it's very exciting. Uh, it's very deflationary. It's very competitive, and and whenever you have healthy competition, then you do just what you expect occurs. The quality soars. The prices tend tend to fall, and that's great for the people you know who who have a wallet. You know, with money in it that they're spending, that's really good news for them. Uh, well, Dr. Smith, we're at the end of the show. I want to thank you so much for coming on. And, and unfortunately, we can't get to everything. But uh, I will I will do what I can to, to get as much information out there about you guys. And, and I think you guys have a free market medical association type deal that you'd set up not too long ago. So you may be able to uh, help me put people in touch with folks in different parts of the country that can't get to Oklahoma City to, to find free market health care. Uh, Dr. Smith, thanks again for coming on the show. Folks, uh, next week will be a surprise because um, I don't know who the guest is going to be next week. But uh, we will continue this fight. It's called Complete Fitness, and we'll continue to uh, to point out folks that have, have stories. They have, they have, they're changing the world around them, and the theme of the show has been to change the world. And we do that in our own backyards, and, and we do it a little bit at a time, and that leads to changing the world overall versus trying to do it from one centralized location. This is the Mickey Ellison Show. I am Mickey Ellison, Dr. Smith. Thank you again for coming on the show, and folks, we'll see you next week.
Thanks so much for joining us on the Mickey Ellison Show. Mickey plans to be here again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We hope you'll be here, too. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.